0: Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the nose He who controls the past controls the future He who controls the present controls the past.
1: Alright, hello everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Nobody's News. I'm your host, Alex Oaks. I'm here solo today, no guests. Uh, my brother is working, uh, Zach, who is also my co-host. Um, but we have a great show for you. Now, right off the bat, you may be wondering why I'm wearing this headband, which I admit does not look that great on me. I look a bit like a, a hippie, a patriotic hippie, though. Um, the reason for that is because we are living in a 1776 moment, and that's gotten... People have said that since Vivek popularized it, and uh, it's become kind of cliche, but we really are in kind of a 1776 moment. Even if it doesn't escalate into violence, um, the the, the whole thing with Texas and the border, it is a big shift in the undertones of this country. I'm going to get into that in just a minute, but first, um, I need to plug some stuff right off the bat because I've been really bad about doing that. Uh, First and foremost, our book. Uh, the sane citizens political handbook. Um, It is out now for pre-order on Amazon. Uh, The ebook is available on Amazon. Um, The audio book will be up shortly, but uh, Amazon doesn't allow you to put the print book for pre-order until the actual release date, which is March first. But Barnes and Noble does have the print version of the book, so. If you're interested, I'm leaving it up here so that you can read the read the back. Um, if you are interested in supporting us and just learning some about politics and uh, kind of getting an idea of some of the most divisive issues in politics and what a sane position is. On those that doesn't care about the the Republican Democrat position, just the Constitution and sanity and logic and reason and science and all those good things. What is a sane thing to believe about? Say abortion. Say immigration, for instance. Um, so, yeah, you can wait till March first if you want to order off Amazon and get the print copy. Um, and you know, the audiobook and all of that. But uh, the ebook is available right now on Amazon. And um, the print version is available on Barnes and Noble for pre order. So we appreciate any support you give us there. Uh, second thing I need to plug, if you are active on x formerly known as Twitter, uh, go ahead and give our uh, well, it's really mine. Zach's not active on uh, Twitter, but Go ahead and give my my page a follow. I just started getting active on it about two weeks ago, and I went from four four subscribe or four followers to eighty three followers, which is not a lot, um, but with your guys' help, it can grow. Um, and the reason that that's important is because a we put the the whole shows up there, and it's a great way to to get the word out about our kind of political ethos and individual liberty, but also as far as getting big guests, getting attention, kind of like. The the networking side of this whole podcasting thing and books and all of that, Twitter is basically the best chance of getting the attention of big name people. So the the bigger I can get on Twitter, the more legitimacy I will have to reach out to uh, people like Drinking Bros Podcast, people like you know, Gav McInnes, like uh, Destiny, you know, all, all these big people. And I know we're a ways away from that even being a possibility, but I've noticed that it is a lot easier to get people to respond and to notice your stuff to like your stuff to pay attention to you on Twitter. so I really want to focus this year on on growing my Twitter um as much as i I hate social media. um I'd rather just sit and talk and do long form content. It is a very good good way to kind of raise awareness about what we're trying to do here so uh, go ahead and give us a give us a follow there if you do have Twitter and uh, also. While you're at it, um, if you listen to podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, any of these places, uh, this podcast right here is available at all of those places. And on Spotify, you can even watch the video. So, um, considering that we've been we've been banned from YouTube in the past, we've been res- had our contact restricted. Um, pretty sure we still have a shadow ban from some of our January sixth stuff because um, we saw we had a very big spike. And and our content growing rapidly, and then all of a sudden it just stopped immediately after that January sixth video got restricted that we did uh, last year. Um, Yeah, so so if you want to help us, we're going to get on Rumble soon. Um, There's a little issue with Rumble, but we're we're working on getting on Rumble. But just to help us have something other than just YouTube, right now YouTube is our main. Our main platform. It's where all of our our viewers are. It's where all of our subscribers are. But we don't want to be solely reliant on YouTube, especially because as we grow on YouTube, people are going to start paying more attention. And we say a lot of stuff already that would would get us in big trouble. But we're small enough; we kind of fly under the radar. So, uh, you know, if you, if you care about us, it takes two seconds. Just go follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, our social media stuff like that. Try and help us out. But um, now that the plugs are out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and get into some news here. So the border is continuing to heat up, and here are some updates. Um, so the Biden administration has given Texas the Texas National Guard until tomorrow to let them in, but wheelchair, which is what we hear at Nobody's News call uh, Governor Newsom, or not Newsom, uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, he is not having it. So um, this was today he posted this, and I wanted to play it for you, what he had to say what about Texas this is doing
0: is just very simple, and, and and that is because the Biden administration has really, truly abdicated its responsibility to secure the border and enforce the laws. Texas, very simply, is securing the border. And so we put up the razor wire that you were talking about, Bill, and we put up all these barricades that actually have denied illegal entry. Uh, And as you pointed out also in that screen, that there are criminals coming across our border. Texas has a right as a state to stop criminals from coming into our state to make arrests of those criminals. Uh, And we have National Guard as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers who are there to make those arrests and to deny illegal entry. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden actually does have an option here. Joe Biden's option is to Enforce the laws of the United States and stop this illegal entry. Texas is doing is is
1: absolutely correct about that. Uh, If you look at the law, he absolutely has the right to protect his state from invasion, from illegal entry. Um, But that was today. Let's look at what he said yesterday. He put something in writing um, and let's see. He said, this is my statement on Texas's constitutional right to self-defense. And it's only one page. So I'm going to go ahead and read it uh, for the listeners. So Governor Greg Abbott, January 24th, 2024. The federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. Despite having been put on notice in a series of letters, one of which I delivered to him by hand, President Biden has ignored Texas's demand that he perform his constitutional duties. President Biden has violated his oath to faithfully faithfully execute immigration laws enacted by Congress. Instead of prosecuting immigrants for the federal crime of illegal entry, President Biden has sent his lawyers into federal courts to sue Texas for taking action to secure the border. President Biden has instructed his agencies to ignore federal statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants. The effect is to illegally allow them their en masse parole into the United States. So in other words, just what Biden's doing is instead of Having him the the Trump policy of wait in Mexico, which said, okay, you want you want to get asylum, then you submit your paperwork, you wait in Mexico while that's going to be approved. The theory being that a lot of those people won't get approved because they're not really seeking asylum. Whereas the Biden administration and what what the, uh, the ICE is doing is basically the feds. They're just a, a ferry company at this point. I can't remember what what influencer said that or what uh, analyst said that, but. What they're doing is they're saying, we're going to, you're going to wait within the borders. So they're just giving people parole hearings, court dates, and then releasing them into the country and shuttling them to an airport, shuttling them to a city, and then completely losing track of them. So that's what he means by en masse parole is that the the Biden administration is, is not enforcing the border laws. They're just saying, yeah, come on in, we'll give you a court date. And that's for everyone, which obviously encourages more, thus the en masse. Anyway, um, continuing on, by wasting taxpayer dollars to tear open Texas's border security infrastructure, President Biden has enticed illegal immigrants away from the 28 legal entry points along the state's southern border, bridges where nobody drowns, and into the dangerous waters of the Rio Grande. Um, Under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. That is more than the population of 33 different states in this country. This illegal refusal to protect the states has inflicted unprecedented harm on the people all across the United States. Let's even assuming that all 6 million of those immigrants, and that's just what we know about. That's the known Godaways. There's arguably up to 10 million people because there's a lot of unknown Godaways. Here's why that is a big deal more than an entire state's worth of people are coming in and this isn't like back in the day where they came in, they worked hard, that was that it was paid under the table but whatever. these people are getting free health care, especially the, the cities they're going to they're getting free health care they're getting food stamps they're getting they're getting to stay in schools, they're getting free lodging they're getting put up as we saw in New York and Chicago in five-star hotels. they are these people are getting federal aid from the government and state aid which obviously gets transferred over to the taxpayers. And that's an entire state's worth of people going to a few concentrated areas. Um, but on top of that, if you just look at the the legality of, okay, is this politically motivated? Like they know that what's going to happen, the the Biden administration, is that a lot of these people, because – they're getting they're getting aid. They're going on welfare programs. They're going to be lifelong Democrat voters at some point. Either they're going to get amnesty and they're going to be naturalized or they're going to marry someone who's a citizen in some way that probably those people are at some point going to be allowed to vote. Even if, if it's in a place like Arizona, they don't even need an ID. They can vote already. So when you have an entire state, more than a state's worth of people coming into the country... They know that all of those are going to be, most of those are going to be Democrat votes. So that's just, that's obviously corrupt, but that's politically motivated. So that on its face should be should be looked at. Forget the, the morality of immigrants, and we want to help people from other countries, or we can't sustain this economically. Just the fact that this is a political play should be taken into account. People should have a problem with it, and it should be illegal. I mean, this, this isn't like American citizens um, – there's some stories we're going to cover cover at some point about prisoners being allowed to vote. There's pushes for prisoners being allowed to vote. That's one thing. Those are American citizens. This is, this is equivalent to the Republicans giving people in El Salvador the right to vote because they know they're going to vote overwhelmingly Republican or right wing. Um, I believe it's El Salvador that just elected Malay um, – one of those those Latin American countries. That would be equivalent to that. Nobody would think that that's legal. But just because these people are on American soil, no one has a problem with it, except for the right. But anyway... Uh, so James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and the other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. That is why the framers included both Article 4, Section 4, which compromises which promises that the federal government shall protect each state against invasion. and Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which acknowledges the states' sovereignty Sovereign interest in protecting their borders. Arizona v. United States. Blah blah blah. Um, so, in other words, it's very in our founding documents. It's very clear that one of the roles of the federal government is to protect the states from invasion, which I'd argue is one of the few legitimate roles of the government, the federal government, in the first place. But on top of that, uh, what does it say? The state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. Um, the Constitution also acknowledges that. So. A, you could, you could take the federal government to court saying you're not doing your duty. And you could also say, take them to court and say, we constitutionally have a sovereign interest in protecting our borders that's recognized by the constitution. So again, Abbott's absolutely right in what he said in that clip we just showed. Um, the failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4, has triggered, triggered Article 1. Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves to this state the right of self-defense. For these reasons, I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself that authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority, as well as state law to secure the Texas border. Now, here's something that's important that, that word supreme law of the land. That that harkens to the supremacy clause. For those who don't know, and this is in the in the book, actually, when I, I discuss immigration. The Supremacy Clause states that um, the federal government, its laws shall supersede any state law so long as the federal law is constitutional. However, what that means inversely is that if that law is not constitutional, then it's null and void. So, in other words, the by the um, this border policy by the Biden administration is failing to do its constitutional duty of protecting the state from invasion, and he's declared an invasion, and it's very clearly an invasion. Like we said in a couple episodes ago, maybe not a violent invasion, though you can make the case that it is. It's certainly an invasion of sorts. Well, now the government is not upholding its constitutional duties with its policy. Thereby, its policies can be superseded by state authority because the, the federal government's laws are not constitutional, um, so that's the way that works. Um, and another thing I thought about this is he's bringing up a, or he kind of hinted at it, the the federal government doing things it shouldn't be doing. This is human trafficking, by the way. The cartels smuggle these people over. It's something like eight in 10 women are raped who come across the border illegally. They do rape kits on them. And typically it's I don't I don't remember the percentages, but it's an overwhelming majority of them have more than one one strand of DNA inside of them, semen. So in other words, most of the women coming across the border, including young women, underage women, children, have been raped multiple times in in that process. And this is all being done by the cartels, who also are using these people as mules. So by by bringing these people in and the feds just basically being a ferry service and moving them around, they're not even border patrol. They're they're humans, they're a human smuggling operation. Quite literally, by definition, a human smuggling operation. I mean that, that's beyond just they're not protecting the border. They are actively smuggling human beings. They're just the, the cartel gets them to the border and then our our own uh, a border patrol does the rest and then takes them wherever they're gonna take them releases them into the country. So we're literally aiding the cartel's human smuggling operation, which they make tons of money off of, by the way. And why that, of course, incentivizes more. So we're actually encouraging more human smuggling. It is, we are part of a human smuggling ring, or the, the um, uh, Border Patrol is. Um, but anyway, um, so let's see. Um, what did I put here? Uh, so... Uh, Abbott has already put down the, uh, or he's put in, what, what was it here? Um, yeah, so now Abbott has sent in the National Guard to the border. Um, that's an escalation in and of itself, and uh, we've seen the armed National Guard go in, and uh, there's a standoff with the Feds. Obviously, uh, the Feds want into the area, the National Guard's saying no. The Feds have said you have till tomorrow, so we'll see how that plays out. But and um, further escalation. Uh let's see. So Texas escalates feud with federal government telling ranchers SCOTUS ruling on razor wire not final, offering to give ranchers razor wire as immigrants are now sneaking into U.S. through private property. Um, Texas ups the ante again, looking for ways to expand its use of razor wire, this time on private property after a controversial Supreme Court ruling. Texas border czar Mike Banks told ranchers Wednesday the state could install razor wire on their private property free of charge. The state official told a packed room of ranchers who met just outside of Eagle Pass. This comes after the Supreme Court of the United States ruled Monday that U.S. Border Patrol agents who report to President Joe Biden could cut through the razor wire if they deem necessary. So in other words... Now he's saying, not only is the National Guard going to step in, but now I'm basically deputizing militias of citizens. That's basically what he's doing is deputizing them to now you guys can stand against the feds. Now you guys can also help us protect our border. So if you don't think that's an escalation, then I don't know what to tell you because now it's not just political you know you could military law enforcement those are political entities they have bosses who are politicians even chiefs of police they're politicians now we're talking about the states have been empowered to stand against the government so now it's a citizens issue it's not you know the the national guard and, and law enforcement they're citizens as well but now now it's the citizens have been empowered to stand against the federal government that is a fundamental escalation um so also in this escalation, uh, Texas is not alone in this fight. Um, and this, well, I guess this kind of, so some would say that this is an escalation. I would actually argue that this de-escalates the situation. Um, so here are all the states standing with Biden's border assault. Um, if you want to look at what each of them have said, there's a bunch of them here. Go to the federalist.com. I just want to show you this photo Um, these are the States in red that have stood with Texas. And the reason I think that this is a de-escalation in a way is because one state getting bullied is one thing. 25 States getting bullied is another. Um, so as you can see here, unfortunately, Arizona has not, has not joined yet in my state, but this is a big portion of the country that is standing with Texas, um, so that that's a lot harder when you have all these these states saying, "Hey, we'll send down National Guard." Now you're talking about the federal government. They're not just talking about oh having a Waco situation in Texas with a couple of a couple of uh, you know National Guard guard members or something, a, a small shootout. Now, and this is why I say it's a 1776 moment. Now the ball is in the federal government's court. 25 states have said, no, we're not going along with this. We're not going to allow you to be unconstitutional. And that's, we just talked about it. This Biden's immigration policy is unconstitutional on its face. He is failing to uphold his constitutional duty to the states. So now you have the National Guard of Texas. Now you have 25 other states and their National Guards. Then on top of that, you have the Texas citizenry has been empowered by the state. If the federal government does not back down, we are looking at, A, probably some serious conflict, or even even if it's not violent conflict, you're looking at talks of succession. This is a very big deal. This is the type of deal that fract- that can fracture a country. But more than that, and this is what I hope happens, and this is why I say it's a 1776 moment, that would be a 1776 moment if we rose up violently, the, all these states, now, I hope that that doesn't happen. I don't want, I do not want a civil war. I've spoken out against it ad, ad nauseum on this show, despite apparently everyone on the right loves civil war because they've never been to war and they're ignorant on the subject. It infuriates me to no end. But that there does come a point in time. And I talked to my brother about this in one of the previous episodes, I believe the, the last Alamo. There, there are certain times when there, a line in the sand needs to be drawn. Just because I hate war and I want to avoid it at all costs does not mean that at some point at certain times, the tree of liberty doesn't need to be watered with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And this is one of those situations where if the federal government doesn't back down. That needs to be done. Unfortunately, as terrible as that is, unfortunately, the, the cost of freedom is often blood. And I, I stand against it at every at every step of the road. But at this point, it is warranted. So that in and of itself is a 1776 moment. Um, But what I hope happens, and this is also a 1776 moment, people shouldn't be discouraged. All these war hawks on the right that have this skewed view of what a civil war would look like, it'd be terrible. Um, If the federal government backs down, that is a, a recognition of we the people's power and of the state's power over the federal government. If they back down, it's like I told Zach the other day, one of these, either Texas or now the 25 states involved with them, or the federal government government will walk away from this looking impotent. So what happens if the federal government backs down? That is a very clear line in the sand of federal government. You can go up to here, and then your power stops. And that we could apply that same logic to anything. This is a fundamental change in the political landscape. If the federal government backs down without a shot fired, that is still a revolutionary moment in that the the line has been drawn in the sand and the federal government back down. We peacefully stop this. Now, tomorrow, that could all change and we could be in a civil war immediately. But I'm hoping that doesn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, people will be like, okay, it just de-escalated, nothing happened. No. If the federal government backs down, that is a significant and very powerful thing that happened and a very big change. And I, I, man, I would love to see that so much just... Doing exactly, exactly the right thing, standing up, drawing the line in the sand, and then the federal government (laughs) backs down. What, how wonderful would that be for individual liberty, for we the people? Um, And without violence, that that would just be great. But either way, even if if it does come to violence, something has to be done. We cannot, the line, especially now that the the stakes have been raised, now that 25 states are involved, these, um, many of which border Texas. Yeah, the, there's no way now it's not just Texas that looks impotent if they back down. Now it's 25 states. Now it's half the country looks impotent. How I said if, if the federal government backs down peacefully, that would be a revolutionary moment in a good way for individual liberty in which now there is a an unspoken recognition that we have the power, not you federal government, or at least that you don't can't just be tyrannical anymore and walk over everyone. The inverse is true as well. If these states back down, that's nail in the coffin, my friends. I hate to be hyperbolic and, and trying to, you know, fear monger. But if if these states back down, 25 of them, half the country backs down, then the federal government knows it won't be challenged. It, it may be more careful moving forward that it doesn't, you know, frogs in a boiling pot. It won't do anything too crazy, but it knows, okay, now they're not really going to do anything. They're impotent. I'll just keep inching, inching away, taking away their civil liberties, taking away states' rights, and increasing the scope and power of the federal government. So this could also go the other way and be the nail in the coffin of this country, the, the, uh, in the way that we know it. Um, so yeah, that I wanted to, We've talked about the border uh, last week, but I really wanted to talk about it today because these are massive and pivotal events. That you know, people say, "Oh, this election is the the last election." This, that, the other thing, and they try and make it out to everything out to be dire. And often, that's not the case. It's you know maybe a big deal, but it's not like, "Oh, this is the end of the country." Um, people said, "I when I was a dumb young teenager, I, I thought that the country was over when Obama got elected." You had a lot of people who thought the country was over when Trump got elected. A lot of that is just fearmonger. It's trying to get clicks. It's trying to have catchy headlines. This is a situation, it's like I said, if if they were to kill Trump or to imprison Trump, that is one of those catalyst moments that will be in history because that is the type of thing that sparks a revolution because you've pointed all of the anger, all of the aggression, all of the unrest into a specific direction behind a figurehead. This is another one of those moments where everybody is watching what happens in Texas and all of that energy is focused on that one thing and what happens and the result of that could be disastrous or could be absolutely revolutionary in terms of the way we see the political landscape. Um, but anyway, uh, one last thing on this, this whole border situation, um, just to, because people will say, okay, Joe Biden, you know, the whole immigrant thing, they'll call you racist, xenophobic. For, for me saying this, that this is a line in the sand, we can't just have open borders. Well, to all of those people and who support Joe Biden, uh, just you know, he's full of shit. Here's this. This is Joe Biden from 2007 on Sanctuary Cities.
0: Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state that imposed similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is, you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally daring in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing law. So, Senator law. Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. You, okay. Uh, would you allow these cities now, to what's ignore? Inter-
1: what's interesting about that is, and people will say, oh, well, um, he was speaking against uh, sanctuary cities there. That's what he was saying. That, uh, would you allow cities to, basically, she was asking him in lay terms, are you allowing, would you allow cities to be sanctuary cities and he said no. Um now he's an older man in that clip 2007 but he's probably you know whatever in his 60s or 70s at that point. He is not people do not have massive fundamental changes in who they are at that age. So that was 2007 but if you think that he thinks fundamentally different about this this topic now and now he's all of a sudden super compassionate towards immigrants Absolutely not. (laughs) He absolutely doesn't. Biden still feels the same way. This is not about the immigrants. It's not about helping people. He knows what happens when you have sanctuary cities, when you have just illegal immigrants pouring into an area. Again, this is about votes. This is about changing the demographic of the electorate. This is about all of those things that they they won't say out loud. They'll, They'll bring it back to compassion. But this is a political move. Absolutely. And uh, another another criticism people will say is, well, he was saying that you have to have funding to have these things. Well, right now, Joe Biden's not arguing for funding. He's not arguing for for new programs to fund immigrants, mainly because he knows that that would be laughed at. He'd be laughed out of Congress because we're already broke. We're over $34 trillion. We're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine. And many of the Democrats aren't even behind at this point. We don't have a secured border because we don't have money for it. He, well, now he's going to come out with, hey, everyone who's struggling with record high inflation and all of these things. On top of this, we're also now going to start funding sanctuary cities federally. No, he's not going to do that. Absolutely he's not. Does, he's, uh, Eric Adams of New York has already been trying to get him to do that, and he won't. So, yeah, so the, so the argument that he was talking about, uh, you know, more funding, that, that is not the issue. Um, he doesn't care about funding That's not the case he's making. Um, But anyway, uh, enough about the border. Um, We're going to get into some more stuff that uh, you should be angry about. Uh, I don't know too much about this. I I added it right before the show um, because I saw the headline. Uh, So Democrats, January 6th committee accused of deleting over 100 files before GOP took control of the House. Uh, This is from the Washington Times. So... The now defunct House Select Committee on January 6th destroyed more than 100 encrypted files from its 2021 investigation before Republicans took over the chamber, House investigators say. Uh, Representative Barry Loudermilk, the Georgia Republican and leading House Administration Committee's oversight investigation, said his computer forensic investigators discovered 117 files deleted by the January 6th committee. He is demanding former leaders of the January 6th committee to hand over passwords to the encrypted files. It's the latest twist in a months-long back-and-forth struggle between GOP investigators and the defunct Democrat-run committees. Former Chairman Representative Benny Thompson of Mississippi about the whereabouts of video recordings of witness depositions, transcripts, and other missing records. Um, So let me tell you why this is important. Um, Supposedly, Trump said that what was on these files exonerated him. I'm not sure. But... we, we had John Kinsman on yesterday, former political prisoner, um, who really was a big precedent-setting case for a lot of this January 6th stuff. Whatever you think about January 6th, I personally think that the people who went to the Capitol were retards. I think they were retards because I think they really thought that they were revolutionaries. He had like the, the QAnon shaman. I think a lot of those people were bored, lonely, low IQ people. Either way, with that said... There is no question that they have absolutely been railroaded, a bastardation of justice. Um, like Enrico Tario getting 27 years wasn't even there. Uh, Joe Biggs getting like 20 some odd years when he's not on camera doing anything violent to anyone. It's it has been absolutely ridiculous. And now they're saying, oh, they're going to come after even more people or uh, our air marshals are just following people around from January 6. Two things can be true at once. Those people can be idiots and also, January 6 has been an excuse for the Democrats to absolutely rail, run over people, destroy constitutional rights, and just literally make hundreds, if not thousands, of political prisoners. Um, and with this, all of this stuff where they rele- they they wouldn't release the footage, and then they finally released the footage, and it showed the vast majority of people just peacefully walking in. It showed the police officers letting people in. What's on these files? Is this maybe we see the Fed who placed the, the pipe bomb? Like what is on these files that they want to hide? I think that people should be focusing on this and be every single day calling it out, writing writing the, the Republicans who are involved in, in uncovering this. You can go look at that article for their names. If you live in their states, write them, blow them up until we get some answers on these, these files. Absolutely. You can't be deleting files. I guarantee you, that these files would blow this whole thing open. It would show the corruption. It would show how this is. And and we're talking about people's lives here that are permanently ruined. I mean, we are talking about Enrico Tarrio, he's like 40-something, wasn't even there. He's going to be in his 60s, maybe 70s, depending on how old he is right now. By the time he gets out, wasn't even there. And this has been done to so many people that we don't even know. The, the, I'm going to talk to a person tomorrow, actually, who um, uh, he runs the Alpha Warrior podcast on Rumble, who a uh, law enforcement officer, Marine Corps combat veteran, and has been absolutely railroaded, but was raided by the FBI simply for posting and talking about February, uh, January 6th and uh, being involved, uh, you, you know, uh, adjacently to, to the whole thing. So this is something where we absolutely need answers uh, because this committee has done just, uh, I would argue unconstitutional, almost war crime level evil uh, to To the people of the United States and all for political gain, all to try and make Trump look bad. And uh, now, now they're deleting files when they already weren't going to release the footage. Something stinks here. And uh, I'm not going to shut up about it until, it until we get some answers. Um, so for all those Republicans who are involved in that, uh, don't let us down and be spineless cowards like you guys always are. Um, follow that through um so let's see. Um a little bit less serious news. Um although I'd consider it serious, but a little bit funnier. Um we've had a serious first half of the show here. Um so yesterday we talked about the climate for a bit and specifically how climate alarmists are ridiculous. Uh but with that said, there are some concerns I have in regard to the climate. And two of those concerns are cow milk becoming poisonous and birds dying off. So um, let's see. More cheese, please. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Farmers are squeezing cows for fattier milk. Butter fat levels in cows' milk are above record highs set during World War II. Um, Americans are eating more cheese and butter. That has dairy farmers scrambling to get their cows to produce fattier milk. The efforts include using different cow breeds and feed mixes and making sure the animals are comfortable and don't get too hot. The result is that the average amount of butterfat in milk produced by U.S. dairy herds has climbed past 4% and above the previous record set during four, during World War II. Just five years ago, dairy farmers Melvin Mendero said his herd consisted entirely of Holstein's. The black and white spotted animals often shown in TV commercials. Now about 70% are brown Jersey cows, which are smaller, but produce a fattier milk. We want to graduate to a more efficient cow, said Medarios, who operates a 500-acre dairy farm in California's Fres- Fresno County. The switch reflects the resurgence of of dairy products like cheese and butter as low-fat diets have faded in popularity. Cheese consumption is at an all-time high, with Americans eating an average of 42 pounds a year in 2022, according to the most recent data available from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That is up 17% over the previous decade. Um, There's no surprise there. Um, So the reason I brought this up is because... Okay, we, we there is a big, a big fear-mongering campaign back in the day on fat when it turns out trans fat were the problems. And actually, like if you eat a steak, it's a lot healthier than eating like, you know, processed turkey sausage, whatever. Um, so I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to argue about whether fattier milk is inherently bad. Because I'm sure there's some people who will say that it's better and that, you know, natural fat is good depending on your diet. What I will say is for, this is not happening to make milk healthier. In, and I'm assuming it makes milk less healthy from what I know about milk fat. And the reason is for profits. It is to get more efficient cows because Americans are eating more. And this speaks to a broader problem in our food industry. Um, I hate to be one of those hippy-dippy people, um, but you go to other countries – even third world countries, and their food is so much better than here. Their their population is so much healthier. And I know there's an aspect of that that comes down to personal responsibility. We have so much availability here, we overeat. But you have people who eat the same amount who go overseas and they lose weight. Ask anyone who's been on a, a vacation to Italy or Germany or one of these places. They don't They don't diet, they're on vacation. They eat probably more than they would here. But- it's better food. It's real food. It's not everything's not genetically modified. Everything's not full of pesticides. Everything's not genetically engineered to taste better and to get you addicted. Everything's not pumped full of high fructose corn syrup. So, this speaks to a bigger problem of, and you think about everything that has dairy products in it. And now our farmers are trying to make fattier, unhealthy milk. So, all of our dairy products are going to be more unhealthy. I I don't want the government to step in and and stop any of this. You know, I'm against against the government trying to dictate people's personal lives, but I really think that we need a referendum in this country on the food industry. Um I I really think like it comes down to what products you will buy and we can't speak with our dollar and I know that right now certain things are way more expensive like You get organic vegetables are way more expensive. Uh, Raw milk is more expensive. Uh, You know, good quality stuff is more expensive. But that's not solely because it's harder to grow, harder to produce. It's also because there's not as much demand. As you know, demand increases, supply must increase, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The more supply you have, cheaper prices. um, Basic economics. So I think that a. if people started to care more about health and, you know, maybe this is a pipe dream, but I think that we could stop a lot of this stuff, but because, because there's really, this is one of the problems with especially crony capitalism we have now, but capitalism in general um, and I'm a big fan of capitalism, but when everything's for profit, the problem is if people don't care for instance, about health, well then the corporations don't have to care so they can just manage profit. Whereas if we do care about, you know, health and actual nutrition. Well, then you'll we'll still have that that capitalist competition because they want the customers, they want the the um, revenue that comes in. But they will make their products stuff that we will buy. So if we collectively actually cared about our health, well, then it would still be for profit. But instead, they would start making healthy shit, actual healthy stuff, not not fake, okay, it's organic, but it's not really organic or not. Oh, the, the there's been so many health myths, the food pyramid it's like look healthy, healthy bread, no bread's healthy. Um so this was just a story I wanted to I wanted to put in here just because I really I, we have a small reach on this show, but if it only affects a few people, I think that it really the only way that we can solve stuff like this where you know, now all of our dairy products are going to be even more unhealthy. Like everything is already poisoning us and it's just going to get worse unless we start to care and start to pressure these corporations into making stuff that we want. And then they will have competitors and that'll drive the price down. But until the consumer's needs change, the corporation's needs won't change. So um, for you in your own personal life, I've started doing this as well. Um, Please start to care about your for my sake start to care about what you put into your body and you know I'm I'm getting back in shape I'm still I'm still not where I want to be I still got a belly and stuff like that but man I'm 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 trying but even trying to eat healthy it's just like It's so hard to find stuff that even if it's labeled as healthy is actual healthy. You find something, it says it's organic. You do a little research on it. Well, not really. They can still use pesticides just after a certain time. And they've done a bunch of tests. And by the time it gets to the store, they've squeezed it out and there's still enough pesticides to use in the product. Like there's so many health lies, but at least we can start pushing the ball in that direction. It's like John said yesterday with, uh, with politics, you just care about who, what direction the ball is getting pushed Um, if we let your, let your neighbors know, let your friends know, um, I'm trying to let people know everything is poisoning us. We have to start pushing back or eventually we will just be eating. Everything will be made out of crickets. Um, so I don't know that a weird tangent, but, um, something I, I'm actually kind of nervous about. Just with our health and our testosterone levels in this country are down 50% from what they were 70 years ago. All of this stuff contributes to politics, believe it or not. I mean, if you have a low-T population with 50% less testosterone, well, guess who's less likely to stand up to a federal government? When you have people who are just fat, lazy, and depressed, well, those people aren't likely to take political action. They just want to go home and watch Netflix. So all this stuff, our, our health does directly affect our 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 you know our political landscape and uh which in turn affects our our individual liberties so i there's a big problem in this country with our food industry and i want to start trying to find some way to push back and i think really the only way is us to collectively pressure the corporations but i'll quit beating that dead horse a dead cow um So second thing, I'm not really sure how serious this is, but I just wanted to throw it in here. And uh, both of these stories, by the way, are left over from yesterday um, when we were talking about the climate. That's why they they seem a little out of place here. Um, But let's see. So bird populations are declining. Some some are in your neighborhood. Um, I'm I'm on a Zoom call with a team of researchers from Cornell Lab of Ornithology. They're gridded video feeds a sort of Hollywood squares of bird nerds, and we're discussing the decline and fall of North America's bird population. A staggering loss of three billion breeding adults or nearly thirty percent of the population in just half a century. When all of the sudden Gus Axelson when all of a sudden Gus Axelson picks up his binoculars and peers out the window. Gus, I ask, are you birding right now? Axelson and Cornell's lab editorial director hastily apologize but i tell him to go ahead and bird i have a job but birders like axelson have a calling and no one can predict when nature will call i had white-throated sparrows that have been gone for a couple of days axelson who leads okay i don't care about any of this um by itself this information is meaningless to me what the heck is a white th- blah 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 um during their summer breeding season in the northeast white sparrows are down 15 percent. american crows down 12 percent. american goldfishes down 12 percent um Let's see. So, what's at stake? Birds are bellwether. Birds help the environment. Okay, so I think this might have been a little bit of a dud story, but um, this something I do. I do think this is an area of the the climate where we can care with like bees, for instance. Like bees are very important. I care when someone tells me massive hives of bees are dying off in north america which is happening or like when birds are are dying off and they're an important part of the ecosystem and uh that is the sort of stuff that i care about and you know what uh conservationists care about that too i mean there's a reason there's only so many uh you know deer tags in a certain area it's because you know even though that place there's a big hunting culture They want to, you know, maintain the environment. They don't want to disrupt it and do what we did back in the day where we basically extincted the buffaloes and stuff like that. So I do actually care about this stuff. It doesn't look like that bird issue is that big of a deal. Um, But um, I don't know. Comment in the comment section uh, and let me know if you think that I'm just being a hippie. But uh, should we care about stuff like that? Is that something that should be like a big political issue um, not the, the climate alarmism, global warming, all of that stuff. I'm so tired of the climate alarmist, but like, should the right kind of start to move a little bit more towards like, not just having a bad taste in our mouth about climate stuff. Are there some areas where actually we should care about the climate? Um, I'm inclined to say yes, but maybe you'll disagree, but, um, either way we'll move on. Um, So a general theme of this show is that the elites always get away with it. Um, Well, good news. There may be some justice for one of these elites soon. So Alex Baldwin indicated or (laughs) indicted by grand jury in Rust's shooting. The longtime actor's attorneys indicated they will fight the charges. So actor Alec Baldwin was indicated by a New Mexico grand jury over the 2021 death of Rust cinematographer hyena hutchins after a prop gun fired a live round and struck her, according to court documents according to several media outlets the move to indict mr baldwin was confirmed friday after the grand jury heard evidence presented by special prosecutors he was charged with involuntary manslaughter uh, specifically he was charged with involuntary manslaughter neg- negligent use of a firearm or in the alternative involuntary manslaughter Without due caution or circumspection, reported ABC News both are four-degree felonies. His lawyers suggested to several news outlets Friday that they would fight the charge. Uh, we look forward to our day in court, Baldwin lawyers Alex Spiro and Luke Nika said in a statement. Um, so we don't know how this is going to go. I'm not, I'm not particularly hopeful that he gets justice, but... Look, even there's I'm hearing conspiracy theories that he he killed her on purpose. They were having arguments. We know he's a hothead. But I you know, I don't know. It's it's pretty hard to imagine him being that dumb to where he would think he would get away with that. Like like that if that was his plan, it, I don't know, it seems a bit far-fetched to me. But what I will say, they found live rounds on his belt they were shooting in cans and stuff with that same gun on set which in hollywood's a major no-no he was arguing with the lady so probably wasn't just pointing at the camera was probably pointing at her there should be some sort of responsibility here you can't you can't have live rounds on your belt be shooting the gun when you're not filming and then have no responsibility when the lady gets shot, just cause she's behind the camera. She got shot dead center in her chest and yeah, it went through the, the camera, but like he was obviously aiming at her probably cause he was mad at her and he's doing it, you know, filming the scene and was just in his head aiming at her cause he knows, you know, no bullets in the gun or whatever, or, uh, blanks. But either way he should be responsible for, Something, if nothing else, involuntary manslaughter. Like he should be in jail for at least a small period of time, if nothing else. And the fact that he completely gets away with it and then was even worse, the the wife or the husband of the lady that was shot was seen walking around with him immediately after and was like speaking in his defense and was like being buddies with him. Like this is so indicative of the elites always getting away with everything. We'll talk about a story soon about the... um, a guy, Navarro something, just got, got in trouble for contempt of Congress for not providing documents, while at the same time, Hunter Biden, oh, we're going to come after Hunter Biden, we're going to set him down and grill him, and then, oh, he's going to cooperate, so we're going to give him a, you know, a, a leniency. Um, the elites just never seem to get away with anything, and, uh, or they, they seem to always get away with everything. Um, so, I just want to bring this up because uh it's something worth monitoring um there's no no new news on that right now, but it will be going to trial again um and hopefully hopefully something happens. hopefully there's a smidgen of justice for the elites um but again, we'll see um so there's another story I have here about um basically parents going getting charged for manslaughter with their, because their son committed a mass shooting. We're going to skip that though. And uh, we also have, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do this final story here though. Um, and then we'll get to our final video. So let's see here. Um, all right. One city and three retailers tried to close, tried to fight shoplifting. The stores closed anyway. Uh, Portland, Oregon officials and retail executives spent months debating how to tamp down thefts and address quality of life issues. Now we we all knew, know, you know, what's been happening <laughs> basically since the lockdown, since the BLM riots, since all that stuff, and now just massive waves of of young teens, young black people, smash and grabbing. And I'm I'm not racist. I don't want to pick on black people, but this these are in urban areas. And they've said all these DE, DEI and diversity things. They're not going to prosecute black people. So you know, when you incentivize crime, be, it's not all black people, but there are a small group of them who they're like, "Hey, we can do whatever we want." Smashing up everything, taking taking stuff off the shelves. Um, you have all these stores having to close down. And uh, now, the reason that they're they're saying that the stores are closing are because they couldn't get help from the police. So, um let's see, all companies complained about crime in the Portland privately bef- in the in Portland privately before announcing plans to close stores in the city in 2022. The closures followed months and in some cases years of negotiations between company officials and the city o- over getting additional police patrols near their locations, improving response times and removing homelessness encampments, according to emails reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. Ultimately, the company said that the city didn't provide enough support, and they decided to shutter those locations, emails show. Um, so the reason that this is so annoying is these people are such hypocrites. These corporations, they sit there, all of them post the A ACAB stuff, all cops are bastards, all of them post black squares, all of them worship George Floyd, all these big stores are just as woke as you can get behind all of this stuff, and especially the anti-police stuff and you know, police brutality, all this stuff. But then behind the scenes, what are they doing? They're asking for more police, they're asking for more patrols because their stores are getting absolutely ran through. And their merchandise, like Nike for instance, is getting taken off the shelves in droves. So screw these people, screw these corporations. I'm glad that they're shutting down. I hope they all go out of business. And if I was the cops, I'd be, I would be right on board with this saying, no, we're not going to protect your stores, your company policy. You're posting all this stuff about George Floyd and police brutality, all this woke crap on your website and on your social media. No, we're not going to, you hate us. We're not going to go protect you. Now I know that's kind of cops should protect people even if they don't want to be, you know, even if they don't like them. Yeah, I get that argument. But when it comes to these stores, eh, I don't care. Fuck them. Um, but what's also annoying about this is, uh, you'll notice that there's no, this story is out on the wall street journal, which is by no means a, a right-wing story. It's a very big publication. You'll notice the lack of outcry from the Democrats towards these, these, uh, corporations, particularly Antifa and some of these people, um, who were perpetrating the, the BLM riots. And, uh, my question is what changed? These people are lying they pretended to be woke to get your support. In the background, they were going against everything that you were standing for, the police brutality stuff, that really all the riots, it all stemmed from George Floyd and these different shootings. It's like Ferguson. So really the the core issue, there was other stuff involved, but the core catalyst of all of it, all of these riots, all of these stores getting smashed up, all of this lawlessness, all of these you know, cutting police departments, which then gives the ability for criminals to do these massive smash and grabs. It was all about police brutality and the anti-police sentiment. We got to cut the police, got to do this, got to do that. Um, so they were—they wanted more police, they wanted more police patrols. So what they wanted was antithetical to with the entire movement, the entire woke movement over the last few years that all of you guys were pushing and that all the corporations publicly were supporting. So where's the outrage on all these corporations for being hypocrites, for not really being woke? There is none because it doesn't matter. They said the right thing. It doesn't matter what they really do. We'll forget about it because they bowed the knee and they said the right thing. It doesn't matter what they actually do. It doesn't matter what they actually think because let's be honest, all these protesters protesting police brutality they don't really care anyway the first thing that they'll do is they'll call the cops if someone's trying to break into their house the first thing they do in a democrat area when when the riots come into their area is they go and buy guns because they're terrified that no one none of these people the corporations don't stand behind this all of these democrat act activists don't stand behind it it's hypocrisy and it's disgusting fucking cowards but anyway I guess it's it's not popular on either side to call out your own people. But you think that these people who have spent the last three years smashing and burning the country for police brutality would give a shit that the corporations – it was all a big farce. It was all a lie. But I guess not. Um, anyway, that's going to take us to our final video here. Um, and again, I don't have a bumper – and I will, <laughs> I will get on that eventually. I promise. Um, let me real quick also get the, the final bumper up here for the the show outro. Let's see here. All right, so final video. Here we go. There's no volume, but long story short. Well, actually, let me show you what the what the caption says. Uh, watches an inmate escapes courthouse unnoticed. <laughs> so, and I thought this was a pretty slick escape. I'm not going to lie. Guards coming in. He doesn't care. <laughs> he's on the brink of divorce. He's overweight. He's depressed. Guy just slips out the back. Now, what I think here is how do you get your cuffs off? That's like my first priority. But I, I mean, I know there's like stuff about dislocating your thumb and all of that. But, and I guess there's they're sensitive stuff there, so they have to block it. I don't know, documents or something. But, um, yeah, how do, you, <laughs> how do you get the cuffs off? I, I should probably know how to do that. But just walking around, no one's trying to stop him. I mean, it's smart to take off his shirt. Drops the flip-flops. <laughs> I mean, credit where credit's due. The guy... I mean he didn't really have a plan but he's going for it. That guy probably noticed something was up, that guy sitting there. But uh like who is it? Um Yeah, that guy, I bet that guy probably is one of the people. He looks like he works in security, probably called the cops on him. Um and I say that because um for those who were curious, he was caught uh 3 miles away in an apartment complex. Um, but like I said, hey, he put in a damn good effort. Um, so eh, just uh, just a word to the wise: if you see someone running with cuffs, it's probably a prisoner. And also, um, <laughs> don't trust the. Uh, well, I don't want to say don't trust the. What are those bailiffs? The people who are uh, watching those people. But it's kind of like we saw that one that one guy that jumped at the judge and like smashed her jaw or whatever. I don't remember what state that was but it was a viral video um these are not typically you're you're running and gunning these are these are not cops they are not military people um so yeah be careful if you're you're at a courthouse you're not as safe as you think you are um let's see uh, yep that's out so uh, that was the show for today. Um, we'll have a, another episode for you tomorrow, the final episode of the week. Uh, we had one story we didn't get to. I'll get that to that tomorrow, and then um, we'll stay updated. We'll see what's going on with Texas tomorrow. Um, I, I hope it doesn't come, come to violence, folks. I really don't. Um, there's few things that would break my heart more than an American Civil War or just Americans killing Americans on American soil. Um, well, anywhere, but particularly on American soil. But I do think that this is a a time where there needs to be a line in the sand. This is one of those 1776 moments. And I think even if it is resolved peacefully, it can still be a 77, 1776 moment. But Texas and these other 25 states can't back down. They cannot walk, walk away from this looking impotent. If they do, that is the final nail in the coffin for this country. The tyrants will have officially had a recognition, a, a silent recognition from half the country, the half that opposes them, that they're not really, they're all bark. They're no bite. When that happens, I mean, if, if there is to be another 1776 moment, it'll be a lot worse. <laughs> things will have to get a lot worse before people wake up and stand against the tyrants. And man, I, I do not want to see what that world looks like because maybe by the time things are worse, we don't have guns anymore. Maybe we don't have the ability to stand up. So I hope that Texas stands up with the 25 states and I hope the federal government backs down and we see instead of that, what I just described, we see uh, a cultural recognition of the states, like, you know, the individual states and we, the people's power over the nation state and the federal government. But um, we'll just have to wait and see, see what happens. But in the meantime, keep a book on your nightstand, read it before you go to bed That way you're smarter tomorrow than you were today. We got to go We got to go We got got to